Hey everyone, you are listening to episode 44 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. I am Sean Brown, and on today's podcast, we have the awesome Jen Lewis, who is an award-winning portrait photographer who specializes in high school seniors and does also a little bit of commercial work and headshots, and she's based in Clemens, North Carolina. Jen is awesome. She has spoken at tons of conferences throughout the country, uh, conventions. You may have been lucky enough to see her speak at one of them, and she's actually going to be a speaker at the 2020 Senior Style Guide Push Conference. So if you haven't grabbed your seat for that, there are still a few left. It's going to be in amazing Austin, Texas, one of my absolute favorite cities with over a dozen of your favorite industry-leading photographers and speakers and tons of information. I've actually been a speaker there the last couple years and attended that before, and it is one of the best conferences out there, if not the best in my opinion, just for senior photographers because it allows you to form all these connections. And one of the things I love the most is how accessible the speakers are and how the attendees all learn from each other. And that's one of the things that I think is so just important about in-person education and all of that stuff. So if you haven't grabbed your seat for the Senior Style Guide Push Conference in November, there's still time to do that. Um, You can just head to thepushconference.com. We'll also link it up in the show notes below, but Jen's going to be there. And I'm so excited to have her on for this interview today, where we dive into a lot about sales psychology or just sales, but we also dive into about psychology of just photographers. And we talk a little bit about fear and why it might be holding us back. And so if you're a photographer who maybe they don't really know, you don't really know when your leap is going to like what to take that leap. You don't know how to take it to move your business forward. I think this is going to be a fantastic episode for you all. A little bit more about Jen. Jen also um, is one of the photographers who shares very openly about in-person sales. So that's actually she's going to be talking about in the push conference. But we go into a little bit about the client experience in this episode and the importance of client experience and going past just what you're priced and really what can you do to make sure that you are standing out in your market and in your region as a as the go-to senior photographer. Uh, Alongside senior portraits, Jen is also a mom, and that's how she got started with photography. And she's really known for her crazy curly hair, and she loves road trips, long walks on the beach, and pink Starbursts, because we all know that pink Starbursts are the absolute best flavor. So thank you all so much for joining us for the Real Talk podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, please consider doing so. We put out some bonus episodes here and there that don't go on YouTube. So this is the best way to make sure that you get notified of those episodes uh, when they go live and when they, you know, whenever they do so you can be the first to listen to them. So consider subscribing. We absolutely love it. It helps us make sure that we know that we're doing a good job uh, in addition to leaving a review on iTunes. So if you feel so inclined to do that, if this podcast has helped you in any way, we absolutely love that. And we're are looking to share all those interview or all of those reviews on the podcast in the beginning. So thank you for joining us for another episode of Real Talk and let's get to the interview with Jen Lewis. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. I'm your host once again, 
Sean Brown. And today we have Jen Lewis on, who is a senior commercial headshot photographer based out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I always have to remember it's North Carolina, not South Carolina. And we are so excited to have her on the podcast today. Just wanted to give her a warm welcome for you all. And uh, welcome to the podcast, Jen. Yeah, thanks, Sean. I appreciate did I even you. Say, did I say your name? Sorry, I, I'm going to cut you off. Did I even say who we have on the podcast? Yes. I think I said Jen Lewis, right? <laughs> you did. You did. Cool. So <laughs> tell us that. tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started, or you know, how long you've been in business, how you got started, kind of your, your short and sweet bio, but long enough that we can get to know you a little bit. Short? You know me too well to think I could do this short. Um, <laughs> so I've been in business 13 years. And or it'll, it'll be 13 years in July. Um, I started out as a typical mom with a camera story. Like I've been photographing things my entire life. I got my first SLR when I was 10. So I've always had a camera around my neck, um, but never thought of it as being able to make a living or anything like that. Um, so yeah, started out mom with a camera, just wanted a nice camera to be able to take good pictures of my kids and people started offering me money. <laughs> <laughs> to take pictures of their kids and that kind of thing. And uh, so, yeah, I started out um, almost 13 years ago, um, shoot and burn, super, super cheap, like, which is kind of funny because I'm known now um, teaching sales. And I started out shoot and burning for like $55 a session, if you can believe that. Um, ridiculous and embarrassing. Um, and giving like way too many images. It was a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, yeah, so just kind of grown my business from there and, um, went from photographing anything anybody would pay me for um, to specializing in seniors. And then recently just started diversifying into a little commercial and corporate work. Super cool. Uh, when this airs, this is going to air in a couple weeks, but we're kind of coming into a weird period where we've just been locked down for a while because of this COVID-19 thing. And now some states are opening back up and we might actually be able to shoot again in, you know, the, this month or whenever you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're kind of up and running by then, or, you know, who knows what it might hold, but what are you kind of, you know, feeling from maybe the last couple months, what did you do for your business to move it forward? And then kind of where are you looking for your business in the future? Yeah, I, um, I've been working on, you know, um, fine tuning the website a little bit, adding some stuff that I never had time to get around to when we were shooting all the time. And I got a new logo um, designed from oh, that looks awesome. Photo biz. Yeah, they're amazing. Best website company and their logo. I love it. So I'm super excited. Just I you know, I felt like with the logo thing, like I felt like I needed something fresh and new to feel a little bit revitalized because it's been six weeks since I've picked up a camera, which kills me. And so I, you know, I just I was like, okay, now's the time to do all those things that you know, and I'll admit there were a lot of Netflix and wine days, <laughs> um, you know, had to get some of those in there. But, um, but yeah, it's been good to be able to like create some, you know, things for my like guides for my clients that I hadn't gotten around to and just stuff like that. Um, to really kind of I'm ready to market when we're allowed to start shooting again. So I'm really excited about that. So um, nothing really as far as um, changes when I restart. I don't think just, you know, just being a little more um, prepared. And like I said, doing those things that I hadn't had time for before. Totally. So your story, I just wanted to touch on that because it's so relevant right now. But 
your story is a lot like a lot of other photographers where you started with the camera and then one day you're just like, you know what? Let's just make a business out of this. Like, let's just do this full time because we're crazy and we like to throw ourselves into things that we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. What did that journey look like for you over, you know, the first couple of years of really getting going? Um, it was painful. <laughs> I was working all the time, burning the candle at both ends. It was taking me forever to retouch photos because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, a lot of people ask me like, you know, what would you have done differently? I would have learned what I was doing before I started a business. <laughs> I would have like, instead of like starting the business and then trying to figure out how as I went and, you know, education, like especially live education has always been my favorite. And so, um, but even online education, like any of that would have been super useful if I had known about that in the beginning. And so um, <clears throat> I just kind of jumped in like somebody's like, they literally just started offering me money. Like, Hey, I'll give you some money. If you'll photograph my kids, these are really good. And I was like, okay, that new lens I want is like $400. And you know, I need money to afford that. I wish my lenses were 400 now. Um, but anyway, like, yeah, I was like, sure. Like I'll start, you know, I'll just start this business. And um, every price change, everything I did, everything was scary um, because I, I knew I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and I felt like I was always faking it. I still feel like that. You know, there are a lot of times that I still feel like, somebody's going to figure out that I don't know what I'm doing. I'm kind of winging everything, but, um, but it's working, you know? And so I've learned a lot about business. I started out as just a creative, you know, who just wanted to take pretty pictures and make a little money to be able to invest back in the business, to be able to buy gear and things like that. And, um, and I've learned how to be a business person. Um, unfortunately the hard way sometimes, but you know, you get there. So I just, I started, you know, going to, once I started getting into going to educational events and things like that, conferences and workshops, that really, really made all the difference for me. What about those made the difference? Um, I think just like when I started, there was no, I mean, we're talking 13 years ago, we didn't have Facebook groups and things like that for people to just, you know, jump on. And if there were and if there was anything going on, I didn't know about it. It wasn't, the information wasn't as readily available as it is now. And so um, I was just kind of on my own and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I was literally making it up as I went because I didn't really know what to do. Or if there were local people doing something like shoot and burning and that kind of thing, I would just do what they did because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. So going to live educational events and being able to learn from somebody who's successful and being able to, you know, and I'm a jumper. I'm not, I was actually um, chatting with a friend about that this morning. You know, he overthinks everything. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, that's working for them. I'm going to do it. And I don't think about it. I just do it. I'm like, it's working and, you know, and I'm just going to go for it. Um, or if I come up with things myself, I'm like, hey, that's, I think that'll work. I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. And so um, anyway, so I've never had a problem like learning from people um, and just doing it. And so um, I honestly feel like that I credit a lot of my success to that, to not overthinking it and not you know, hemming and hawing for like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work. And then you kind of have to do it. And then of course it doesn't work because you didn't jump all the way in and that kind of thing. So um, I'm always both feet first and see what happens. When I think you're, that's how I think a lot of the time too, is I don't think, you know, I'm not one of the people who says, let's put a plan in place and then 
you know, figure out every little detail where all the puzzle pieces fall and then do it. Um, right. Especially when it comes to like marketing and branding, you know, some things all plan out, you know, like, let's say I'm, I'm, you know, senior rep program, something like that. That's a lot more methodical, a lot more thought out, but stuff like marketing and branding, I'm just like, let's jump in. Let's do this because we don't know if it's going to work until we actually do it. So yeah. what's been one of those moments that you're just like, let's just try this and let's do one moment that maybe just completely backfired if you're okay with sharing that. And one moment that was just like everything clicked and it maybe set your business forward for the future. <clears throat> um, when I first started doing senior model programs, I did not, um, I had, again, no model, no like anyone who was doing it who was successful. I was kind of making it up as I went. And I was like, oh, I really want people to do this. So I'll just offer it for free. That's a terrible idea because people don't value what they get for free. And so I'm imagining I'm going to do it for free and all these people are going to do it. And then they're going to tell all their friends, you know, how fun it is to shoot with me. And they're going to send all their friends. And it was the complete opposite because they got it for free. They did not value it at all. And they didn't really talk to anybody about it. And I only had a couple of girls on the team at the time and nothing ever came of it. And I thought it was a complete disaster. And so that was definitely one time that it backfired and, but you learn from it, you know, so you, you're like, okay, well that didn't work. <laughs> so next year I'm going to start charging them something and make them invest in it and not necessarily a lot, but because they've invested, they're going to put something into it and they're going to value it. So, um, so that's definitely one that backfired for me. Um, and the other part of the question was what, when, when it actually worked, Yeah, when it actually worked for you or something that you did that seemed crazy all of a sudden didn't seem so crazy. Yeah, definitely. When I, when I changed to in-person sales, no question. So I had gone to a conference and learned about in-person sales, you know, really for the first time, because that was one of the first conferences I'd ever gone to. And I didn't really know. I mean, I know it's like old school or whatever to, you know, to sell products, but this was the digital age and I didn't realize people were still doing that. And, you know, and so they were, you know, I took a class on it and I'm like, this is really cool. Like, I don't know if it'll work. Um, but instead of, um, and this is one thing I see teaching sales now is that everybody feels like they have to have every single duck in a row and they're like, Oh, but I have to have this done and I have to have this done before I can offer. I went home from that conference. I had shot a session the week before I left. And normally I would put the entire retouch session on a gallery and they could order whatever they want or they could buy like all the digitals on a CD for like 350 or whatever. And I was like, you know what, instead of doing that, I'm going to offer to do an in-person sales session. I've already shot it. She already knows she can get all the digitals for 350, but I'm going to create a product menu really quick. I've, the only samples I have are the ones I have of my own kids on my wall in my living room. I had no studio. She came to my house and I, but I reached out to her. And I said, Hey, I've got your images ready, but, um, instead of just going online and like trying to figure out what to order, would you like to come over and look at, look through them together? And then I can help you with your order and help you decide on sizes and, and mediums and all that. And she's like, Oh my gosh, you would do that. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And so she came over and ended up placing an $1,150 order when my average sale, because normally people just bought the CD was like 350. Yep. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was cool. But as my daddy always said, oh, she must have more money than she's got sense to spend that much money on pictures, you know? And so, but it was intriguing enough to try it again. 
And so then my next sale was like $1,800 and the next sale was like $1,500. And I'm like, okay, there's obviously something to this, but I wasn't prepared. I was writing her order in a spiral notebook. <laughs> like I didn't even have order. Yeah, there's for nothing wrong with spiral notebooks. I actually, to this day, still use a spiral notebook to place my orders. Cause I like how the pen writes on spiral on this on spiral notebook. <laughs> I love call me crazy, but it works. <laughs> I, I do use order forms now that I print out, but I still handwrite them, even though in Fundy, like you can actually do it all in the computer, but I still handwrite order forms. It's just, I'm old school like that. But, um, but I was amazed and I didn't, I didn't have anything ready. Like I said, I had no samples. I'm showing her pictures on, you know, the Miller's website of like, this is what the product would look like, you know, and that kind of thing. And she ordered and I was, I was amazed. I was happily happily amazed but um but yeah it worked and I've been running with it ever since speak to the photographers who might be struggling to go from maybe they have an idea that they want to do in-person sales but it seems overwhelming it seems like they might not be able to do it it might take too much time speak to the photographers who are on the fence about doing it or maybe who haven't even thought about it before and why this has been such a revelation for your business. So, oh gosh, I mean, I could talk for hours about this, but um, number one, if like one of the mistakes that I see happen a lot is I see people who say, okay, starting in January, I'm going to switch to in-person sales. Nobody sells anything in January. I mean, you know, there are obviously exceptions to every rule, but like you're not gonna, that's not your big sales period from like, and so they'll try it from January to like April and they're like, oh my gosh, it didn't work. I didn't have any sales and you know, all this stuff. Well, obviously, you know, so I'm not one who has to make changes at the beginning of the year. Um, I make changes when I see they need to be made. So um, jumping in, um, having, and you have to do it all the way. Like another mistake that I see a lot is, um, and I shouldn't say mistake, it works for some people, but you have to have your processes set up a very specific way to make it work. But if you include a few digitals, a lot of people can pick their favorite three or five or 10 digitals and not feel the need to purchase products or purchase other things as well. So if you're including like, but you know, well, I only give them 10 digitals and then they have to buy whatever products they want. Most of them are going to take their 10 digitals, oops, and walk away. Just knock your coffee all over the table. <laughs> my, anyway, well, yeah, we'll talk about him later. He's my business card holder. Is this not the cutest thing in the world? Anyway, I totally hit him in the face though. Um, so. But yeah, I mean, so there are, um, there's a very specific process. Everything that I send to my client, everything that I say to my client, the education is so important. So if people are saying that in-person sales doesn't work, it's probably something that's going on with their process that's keeping it from working. Um, because I haven't seen, I have friends in really, really low income areas that this is working. And if it's like, oh, well, everybody else gives digitals, how do I compete with that? You know, be the one that's doing something different. Everybody else is competing on price. And, you know, if I call this person for senior photos and call this person for senior photos and this one's 250 and this one's 350, I'm gonna go with the one that's 250 because that's the only way I can tell the difference between them. Well, this one's cheaper. 
so I'll go with this one, you know, but when you're standing out with the service and the full service experience that you're offering your clients and you're like, you know what, I'm a full service studio. I do not quit. My job is not done until you have beautiful wall art ready to hang on your walls and an heirloom quality album ready to hand down through generations. Like that's when my job is done. And when you stand out like that, you do have, there are people who still want that. I have clients who come to me specifically because nobody else offers products. So it's, it's a good thing to stand out. Sorry. I told you I could talk for hours. No, I think that's great. And I think that, you know, Mm. if you try to fit in, you'll never separate yourself from the crowd. Right. Absolutely. And I think that there's so many photographers there that are stuck and they don't know, you know, they don't have that breakthrough moment because they're scared to up their prices. They're scared to do something a little bit different because it might not work. Yeah. And, you know, I say to those photographers, what if it works? Yes. What if that's the thing that sets your business up for the next two, three, four, ten years down the road? Right. And so many other photographers, you know, they don't want you to say, you know, don't compete on price because it's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to see the 350 photographer and they're going to see the 250 photographer and go with the cheaper one every single time. Yep. Because if you compete on price, you have no really there's no difference in your client's minds because they're getting digitals either way. Right. And clients cannot tell the difference between a good photographer and a great photographer. As photographers, we see the difference. What they see is they see people that they know, like, and trust. You know, these, these are built, we're a relationship based business. So they, they're going to go with a photographer that they've heard about or that, you know, their friend used and loved or something like that. We have to build those relationships and, you know, you build the relationships, obviously, you know, with those experiences, that makes it a lot easier to build that relationship by giving them an experience. And, you know, but it's, it's so little about the caliber of work, but if a client only sees and they see nothing else and all they see is the price and they don't know either one of you, then they're going to pick the lower price. And so, but it, it doesn't have to be like, as long as I have a line of clients at my door, like I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty happy, you know, like obviously it's working, you know, I, there are a ton, there are hundreds of shoot and burners in my city. Like I'm not in a small city. Um, and there are, there are plenty of them out there, but I still have clients who come to me because they want that experience. They want the products. They want something that they can hand down. They want wall art on their walls, that kind of thing. So. Well, and let's talk about, there just being so many photographers. How do you stand out amongst the crowd other than maybe you don't want to do in-person sales? What are the things you have to do to stand out? Right. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to do in-person sales, I mean, you could still like, you could still stand out with an experience and things like that, but it does, it definitely makes it a lot more difficult um, when you're not doing, in my opinion, if you're not doing um, in-person sales and giving that whole experience. Cause it, for me, it's everything from the in-person consult from the initial inquiry. The first thing I do is have them come in for an in-person consult and they see the studio and, you know, we sit down and chat about their session, about their vision for their session and, you know, what they're looking for. And I want to know things from them. Like I want to know if they've had professional portraits done before what was that experience like for them? Because if they're having, you know, if they've had them done before, then I know it's, it's at least a little easier for me <laughs> on my end, but a lot of my clients have never had professional portraits done. Um, if they've, if they already have professional portraits hanging on their walls, I want to know that. I want to know what they loved about their experience before or what they didn't love. You know, they may say something like, you know, I loved, um, 
I loved having them done. I love the products, but I didn't really feel like she gave me a lot of guidance for posing or something like that. And so I'm making mental notes during our consultation. I'm like, make sure that you're, you know, giving more guidance for posing or things like that to make sure they feel comfortable and, you know, and confident when we're shooting and that kind of thing. So, you know, I, I feel like that's really important to go through all those steps um, of the full experience from, like I said, in-person consult all the way through in-person's you know, sales session and delivering their products and everything. So, well, and let's, let's talk a little bit about that experience portion too, because sure. a lot of individuals who aren't charging appropriately, I'm not saying that you can't charge appropriately with shooting bird, but it's just far harder in my opinion. Correct. You also are hindering yourself in terms of not being able to provide an experience because you don't have necessarily the funds to be able to do so. Because let's just say this as it is creating an experience comes at a premium as well. You're paying for marketing materials. You're paying for a studio space, hair and makeup. You're maybe doing a couple other things, you know, client welcome bags or stuff like that. You have to pay in order for that to happen. And that is, it's just going to cut into your margin. That's just how it works. And so by charging lower prices, you can't establish a client experience because you don't have the funds. Now all of a sudden that $200 session is more like a $150 session or yeah. And now you're making quarter or three quarters of what you previously made. Right. Exactly. And, and I'll go back to um, one of the things you asked earlier was as far as like people who feel like they don't have time to do this. I do not retouch any images before my clients see it. And I know this is uh, possibly a point of controversy throughout the senior industry, um, but it hasn't affected my sales average, um, which if anybody out there doesn't, isn't familiar with my, um, sales methods. I have a $4,000 sales average, which I'm really happy with. And, um, it hasn't affected it at all. I do not retouch anything. They see my images. Well, I shouldn't say straight out of the camera, I convert to JPEG. And if I'm like, well, I'm calling my images. If I see something that needs a global change, you know, white balance or, you know, whatever, I'll make a change like that. But I mean, I'm pretty much like dumping, calling, throwing them on a slideshow and, and moving on. So I save all that time. I don't retouch all those images or outsource to pay somebody else to retouch all those images before they buy. I only retouch what I'm being paid for. So the time that I save and retouching everything, I'm using that for the consultation and the in-person sales session. So for me, it doesn't take more time. Like this is not more time consuming than sitting down and retouching. You know, if I do a full like three hour session, I'm showing anywhere from 85 to 100 images sometimes. I'm not going to retouch all those or pay somebody else to if they're only going to buy 50. So I'm saving a lot of time that way. So, and then it's a lot easier to retouch them after when I know I've already got the money for it. It makes my, my mindset a little bit better getting around that. So sorry, I'm all over the place. I, I love it. Adderall today. <laughs> what's, um, what's one of the biggest things that you feel that you've done for your business? Oh, just in general, in general. Um, that's, I think, everything that I've put into developing the whole experience for my clients. Um, it definitely makes me stand out in this area. Um, having a studio where I have different, um, you know, I have a lot of, like, different backgrounds and stuff in the studio. My actual walls, <laughs> like, I've painted everything and, and done different sets and stuff like that. Um, I definitely stand out in this area. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm a photographer. I don't have to be the photographer everybody goes to. I'm actually low volume, so I don't have time <laughs> to photograph all the, all the kids, but 
I want everybody to want to come to me. Um, whether they do or not, it's okay. But I want to be the go-to photographer that everybody wants to come to. So um, I think just everything I've put into, you know, creating the experience in the studio and um, the experience in, you know, on the shoots themselves and that kind of thing has made a huge difference for my business. Because like you said, there are so many photographers and we have to put an effort into standing out. Yeah. Um, you've been a speaker at numerous places, conferences, conventions, all that stuff. What is one thing that stands out to you about photographers that maybe is a point where they get stuck or they just don't necessarily connect all the dots? Where do you see photographers getting stuck? I would say fear. Um, that's the biggest thing that I see people are held back constantly because they're scared. They're scared. What if I make this change and I lose all my clients? Like I already, you know, and a lot of them, I'm like, you know what? My kid who works at Chick-fil-A makes more than you do. So it's okay. You're not losing a lot. If you don't, you know, if you're a $150 shooting burner and you lose clients, you're not really losing anything. You can go get a job and make more than what you're making now. So I encourage them, you know, to do like we talked about earlier, just to jump because, you know, there's, but it's fear. It's, and I, I experienced that too. I think a lot of people think I don't work about it or that I'm not scared every time I make a big change. Every change I made in my business, um, except maybe that badass new logo, <laughs> um, every change I made in my business, I'm scared. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm, I worry too about whether this is going to be the thing that, you know, makes, you know, no clients are going to want to book me now because this price has gone up or this has changed or whatever. Um, but I think when you're, um, as long as you're thinking of it from the perspective of like your clients and making sure they're happy, making sure they have a good experience that's worth what you're asking. If you're going to be a high-end photographer and you want to make high-end money, you have to deliver a high-end experience. So there are photographers who think it's just about raising prices. It's not. It's about the entire package. So you want to make it worth it for your clients. I want to give my seniors an amazing experience. I want this to be especially 2020 kids who are losing so many other things that they should have for their senior year. I want to make sure that they have the most amazing experience because I want to have them, you know, I want to give them some positive memories from their senior year. So um, <clears throat> I think really it's, you know, as long as you're doing it, um, you know, for the right reasons and, you know, charging appropriately so you can be profitable and all that. Don't be scared. Don't, don't worry so much. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about value because photographers in general don't value themselves enough. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, like, <clears throat> I wish I could charge more, but so-and-so down the street only charges this and she's really good. And how can I charge more than her and that kind of thing? And they're not valuing, valuing themselves. If they're putting something into their business and they're working on creating a website and creating a client experience and doing all these things and getting, you know, their education and putting money and investing in themselves, they are worth a lot more than they give themselves credit for in general. So I think fear and value are probably the two. They probably tie as far as, and they tie in together as well, but as far as like holding people back from doing things that could really, really help their business. That's what yeah. I see them. Do you, I guess this is maybe another controversial topic. If you aren't I love willing, <laughs> I, I always go there. If you aren't willing to take the leap or try new things, are you meant to be a professional photographer, you know, maybe it's a better as like a part-time thing or something like that. You know, maybe you're not ready to run a full business as a photographer. I 
completely agree. 110%. Um, I think a lot of photographers should go work for other photographer studios. <laughs> like if all you want to do is take pretty pictures and make a little bit of money from it, go work as an associate photographer for somebody as opposed to trying to run a business because you know, as any of us who have run a business for a little bit of time know, it's 90% running a business and 10% taking pretty pictures. And so if you're not ready to run it like a business, you know, the, and the first thing I ask people when, you know, they're like, oh, I don't feel like, you know, I can charge that much or these people like, I want to just do it so they can afford it because, you know, not ever, I want everybody to be able to afford pretty pictures. And I'm like, are you a business or are you a charity? Because if you're a business, you have to run it like a business and you have to charge appropriately. And then if you have people who are truly down on their luck that you want to help with like help portrait or something like that, then you go do it for free. But that doesn't mean you do it for everybody cheap, you know, to be able to help people. You run it like a business because you're a business, you're not a charity. And so that's, um, yeah, it, there are a lot of people who are not cut out to run a business. And then there are people who, like me, when I first started, not at all. Like I knew nothing. I'm not going to pretend I did. I've learned it along the way, but you learn it or you burn out and you quit. And, you know, and then, you know, there were a lot of times that I, I told friends, I'm like, I wish I could come, you know, live in Idaho and work for you and manage your studio because I don't want to do this. <laughs> like This is too much. You know, it's, it's more than I ever thought I'd take on taking pictures on the weekends, you know, and it became this like full-time studio that I'm running now. And, it's, you know, a lot of times it was overwhelming, but, um, but yeah, you got to learn it or, or you're wasting a lot of time and not making as much money as you could working for somebody else. Yeah. When I think you have to learn it, I think you have to be ready to take those leaps. Yes, absolutely. If you, if you want to, if you want to truly progress your business, you have to leap. Yep. There has to be a jumping point of your business at one time or another, because what happens is you're kind of stuck. Let's just say there are two cliffs with a thing in the middle that falls okay. down. What do you call that? Valley. I don't know. <laughs> Drop offs. And, yeah. you know, to get to the other side, you're going to have to take that leap eventually. Yep. And if you don't take that leap, you're going to be stuck in your habits and your routines and what hasn't worked for you before. Mm -hmm. And you get to a point where I think it's exactly what you said. You have to learn it. And I'm not saying that if you're not, you know, good with the business side that you can't be a photographer, like a full-time photographer. Mm -hmm. There are so many tools out there. Like, do you know how many people work for a retail store or something like that, that specialize in sales? Let's just, let's just say that your work, you go to Nordstrom and hit it off with the gal who's selling you your shoes or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you hate selling. And now right. all of a sudden you have a connection with someone who, you know, maybe they take a cut of your commission because you hate selling and you just want to shoot photos. And now you have a salesperson. Just right. because, you know, there are so many people that are really good at certain things. And so I think it almost comes down to not necessarily just you have to do it yourself. You have to give yourself the tools to make yourself able to do what you want to do. So if you want to run a business, by all means, go out and run a photography business and that sort of thing. But if you want to just take photos, you need to at least assemble some tools around you right. if you want to make this a business. So have a salesperson, have a virtual assistant sending out all the client emails, do the stuff that you don't want to do. Right. And yeah, it's going to take a little bit of a cut of profit, but ultimately I think you're going to be a much happier, more um, creative person, or at least someone who's just happier. 
Totally agree. And I'll add this too. Back, I'm, I'm jumping back again a little bit, but related to what you just said about selling, like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not a salesperson. Like when I ask that question when I'm teaching and I'm like, okay, who in here does not feel like they're a salesperson? 90% of the hands go up. You know, that's another, that's part of the fear is they're like, I don't want to be that like, you know, used car sales guy or whatever. And I apologize if anybody watching sells used cars, but like that's the connotation like where they're, you know, they're just trying to push the sale on you and that kind of thing. And people feel like they have to be that. We are not salespeople. I am not a salesperson. What I am is I'm the expert in what I do. And if I'm going to go <clears throat> remodel my kitchen, I am not going to DIY that. I am not going to try to just order stuff online, not really knowing what I'm doing, not knowing how to pick the right materials or the right colors or the right, you know, make sure everything goes together. I'm going to go to a store like Floor and Decor or Home Depot or wherever, and I'm going to sit down with somebody who does this every day. And I'm going to ask them for their help. And when they sell me on whatever countertop that I love, I'm not going to assume that they're doing it because, you know, they're making a big commission. I'm going to assume that they're doing it because I'm like, wow, they really helped me narrow down what I love, what I want in my home, and I'm going to hug them and thank them. So I think that's another, like, that's, it's a mindset thing. You know, when, when you look at it as you're not trying to gouge clients, you're trying to provide a service for them that's going to be helpful to them because these are things they can't necessarily do on their own. I've actually sold products to clients who I did not shoot their session. They've come to me with print releases and a CD of images saying, I need, you know, I want an album. And my photographer said they don't do that. And they told me to go to Shutterfly or whatever. <laughs> and I don't want to order from Shutterfly. Like, I want a good quality album. Can you help me? And I'm like, absolutely. You've got a print release and, you know, your images, I can help you. And I've done that. And, you know, it's like, it's because they're not providing that service. They need the guidance. They don't necessarily want or know how to do it on their own and to get what they're looking for. So we are the experts. We're not salespeople. And so I think that whole mindset change is something that also holds a lot of people back. Yeah. What are maybe like your top two selling pieces of advice that you give? Um, I think number one is absolutely like educating your clients. So I pre-sell <laughs> when they come in for the consultation. Um, I'm already talking to them about you know, the products that are in here, most of them, I ask them what they have in mind to do with their products. And most of them don't know. They're like, Oh, I don't know. I just know that I'd like to be able to share a couple on, you know, social media or whatever. They don't know what they want as far as what they want printed out until I come in and they, and I've got samples show what you want to sell. If you're showing uh, another mistake I made was when I very first got an album sample, it was a six by nine album sample. And I was like, but I offered six by nine, eight by eight and 10 by 10. And this was when I first started doing products. But the only sample I had was six by nine because it was cheaper for me. And I was like, oh, I'll just get this one, but I'll let them know they can get a bigger one if they want. That was the stupidest thing. <laughs> it doesn't work because what did I sell every single time? The six by nine because that's what they saw. And so now you show what you want to sell. So as soon as I got a 10 by 10 album sample, everybody started buying that one because the six by nine looked really puny next to it. <laughs> it had less spreads and it was a lot smaller and just, you know, and so, um, so you have to show what you want to sell and educate your clients. And, you know, I'm planting seeds the whole time. So I'm like, 
you know, I'm talking to them about the products, talking to them about what their home looks like. If they will let me come in their home um, to help them decide where something might go, help them measure the walls, take pictures, because in Fundy, you can show them what it's going to look like on their walls. That is a huge thing to be able to show them what it's going to look like in their home, on their walls, because it gives them more confidence in spending the money to order these pieces if they know that it's going to work with the tones in their living room or, you know, be the right size to go above their couch or things like that. Um, so educating your client and planting those seeds along the way, um, for sure. And, uh, yeah, that's, that kind of sums up a few of mine. Um, but I think the other thing for sales is just having confidence in what you're doing and changing your mindset instead of, you know, if, if you're nervous and you're not sure and everything's like, um, well, uh, you, we can, you know, you got to fake being an extrovert a little bit. You got to, sometimes you have to fake the confidence. Um, I think when people don't value themselves, it shows through. So be matter of fact about it. Know your policies, know what you're willing to offer. Um, I don't do any discounts or anything like that. Um, so you, but you have to know and you have to be ready to stick with it because I find a lot of people will get flustered in a sales session and they'll just offer, they're like, okay, well, if you do this, I'll just give you all the digitals. Like, don't do that. <laughs> you know, don't you like decide what it is before and remember that if this is what you offer one client, you have to be consistent and offer everybody the same thing. So, um, or pretend you have a boss who's going to be really mad at you if you just start throwing in random things, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for your sales session. And like whatever you have to do for your mindset to like be confident, these are the prices and this is what it is and not get flustered and learn to be quiet. Like while they're thinking, let them think it's okay. Like if they're not talking, give them a minute. Like sometimes I'll walk out and get a bottle of water out of my fridge or whatever while they're looking at the product menu or, you know, whatever, and just give them time. Um, they say the first to talk loses <laughs> a lot. So just let them think and let them talk. It doesn't mean they're not thinking about it. It doesn't mean it's a no. It just means they just need a minute and that's okay. So sorry, totally. that was a lot more than what you asked. No, me. I love it. I think that that's super helpful <laughs> to, to all of, all of our, our listeners. So um, before we wrap up, I always have you ask a question to our listeners. So it can okay. be anything, it can be personal, it can be life-related. Um, but before, where can people find you on the interwebs, Instagram, all that stuff? Um, Instagram, Jen Lewis Photography. So Jen with two N's. Um, so Jen Lewis Photography on Instagram. I also have Jen Lewis Headshot. So because I do um, diversify, I have a separate Headshots account. Um, they used to be together, but I was like, all my corporate clients are seeing 17-year-old girls and guys all the time. It probably didn't make a lot of sense. So um, anyway, so I've got those um, and my website, jenlosphotography.com. And um, yeah, those are the things that I use the most, uh, my website, my Instagram. Um, I'm on, I have a business Facebook page, but I don't really, <laughs> I don't post a lot on there. Just so no, people know I'm still in business. That's about it. Um, what was the other part? <laughs> that's it. Just where can people find you? Um, cool. Before we wrap up, what is one piece of advice that you want to give a photographer who is just starting or maybe they're just looking for a little bit more guidance? What's the one piece of advice if you could give to someone that you would? I think writing down goals and then making a plan to get to them. 
Um, because you know, what do they say? Goals are just, you know, dreams. If you don't write them down, I don't know, whatever that saying is, but it's true. Like if you're, you know, writing down, writing out a business plan is something that a lot of people aren't doing. And, you know, so actually writing down, like, this is my goal for 2020. This is what I'm going to do to get there. This is how many sessions I plan to shoot. If you're shooting different, you know, in different genres, you know, I plan to do, you know, I do no more than 40 senior sessions a year. I supplement with corporate and commercial work. So I'm going to do this many headshots and you know this is how I'm going to reach my goals this is how I'm going to this is the marketing I'm going to put out there to build my senior model team this is and you need to like write your write your goals down with an actual plan to get there because um, I didn't do that for several years and uh, winging it <laughs> while it works for a lot of things it doesn't really work for that like if you have goals that you want to reach you have to actually make a plan so make a plan and follow it and uh, and you'll make it awesome um, all right. So you get a, a second to think about the question that you're going to ask. If you guys are listening on the podcast, thanks for sticking around. Just screenshot the podcast tag at senior style guide at Jen Lewis photography and at Sean Brown productions. And we'll be able to share your answer and just see what your answer to this question is, or maybe a takeaway that you had from the episode. If you're listening on YouTube, just leave a comment down in the comments box. That's what it's there for. So what is the one question that you want people to answer? I want to know what their number one goal is for 2020. Like if they reach nothing else, I want to know the number one goal that they have um, coming out of this year. And especially given the situation that we're in now, um, you know, and whether that's, you know, building up more volume and clients or, you know, increasing their sales or, you know, you know, creating more of an experience or whatever that is. I would love to know what their goals are and, uh, and I want them, they don't have to answer all this, but I'd love for them to make a plan to get there. Cool. Thank you so much for being on. I know that you shared lots of actionable pieces of information and just some motivation that hopefully gets people going. If maybe they're stuck and don't know where to turn to next or have these ideas, hopefully our conversation today has just been a point for them to, to jump off. So thank you for coming on and sharing a little bit about your story. Yeah, definitely. That sounds good. And if they want uh, any more information or anything like that, I can be found on the group.com, the group with two P's um, for mentoring and things like that. So I'd cool. love to help more. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on. And for everyone who's still on, we'll see you guys on the next episode of Real Talk. We'll see you guys later. All right. Thanks, Sean. That wraps it up for this episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. We are so excited that you guys are joining us and just want to say a heartfelt thank you. I know that there are so many podcasts out there that you guys have the option to listen to, and it really means the world that you're joining us and giving us a part of your day and really just joining in on part of the conversation and, and the community. In addition, make sure that you guys are joining us over on Facebook and the Senior Style Guide group over there, where photographers from all throughout the country contribute, give their input and their advice and their experiences to help other photographers learn and grow. We'd love for you to join us over there as well. So all you have to do is search Senior Style Guide on Facebook, ask to be added to the group, and we'll make sure that you guys get to be a part of the conversation over there. If you haven't had a chance to hit the subscribe button below, please take a second to do that really quick. What that does is it makes sure that you guys keep up to date on all of the content that we're putting out there. We have 
tons of Real Talk episodes coming to you guys throughout the year from leaders and other photographers that you would love to hear from. So we want to make sure that you do not miss a single episode of that. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. Thank you guys for joining us. And we cannot wait to have you as part of the listening experience for future podcasts. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next episode and we'll see you around. Thank you.